perception, perception is reality. Reality. Well, hello there, folks, and welcome to this 196th episode of Perception is Reality. I am your host, Christopher H. Bilbury. Thank you for clicking on the link and giving me a little bit of your time. I truly, truly, truly believe I have a fantastic episode in store for everyone, no matter if you're a longtime listener or if this is your first episode. Either way, I am honored that you have decided to give me a little bit of your precious time. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And I think we're going to have a great discussion in this episode. I'm calling this episode Folly Adieu, which is a French term for a psychological, uh, mental, medical condition term. Folly Adieu basically means shared madness. And we're going to be exploring the idea of shared madness, or moreover, maybe mass psychosis, and how it relates to what is currently going on with the citizenry at large when it comes to politics and voting for the folks that are currently running for office. We'll be getting into all of that and much, much more. Man, it's going to be a great, great show. But before we do get into all of that, I do want to remind everybody to share the show with everyone you know. Remember to tell folks that they can find us by searching for us by name, Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey. We will pull up literally everywhere. Any place that you can get podcasts, we are there. If your favorite podcast hosting site is iTunes or Apple Podcast? we're there. If your favorite podcast platform is Google Podcasts or Spotify or Stitcher or iHeartRadio or Radio Public or Amazon Music, we are all of those places. All you have to do is search for us by name and we will pull right up. So remind folks how to find us, please. Also remind them they can connect directly to us at the home link, which is perception.fireside.com. Dot .fm. That's probably the easiest way to do it and then you can jump to your favorite hosting site from there. Along with that, remember remember remember, do not forget to connect with me on social media on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash bilberry 318 or Christopher H Bilberry on Facebook. There I put out regular posts written content, shared articles, and other links, and other interesting information. But most importantly, five nights a week, Sunday through Thursday, at 8.35 p.m. mostly, I 
run and air a live video commentary show. Kind of like what we do here, it's a little less produced, it's a little bit more laid back, so please, if you haven't checked that out, do so, and remind others to check us out there as well. I had written down in the notes for this show to talk to you about my YouTube account. I know, you're like, you're what? Because I've never had YouTube. Well, I just recently started accessing this old account that I had set up, but never really did anything with. I went through and cleaned it up, and I was like, yep, I'm, I'm going to finally make it official. I am in the real world now. <laughs> All these years later, I'm on YouTube. Perception is reality with Christopher H. Bilberry. You can find me on YouTube. I was going to tell you to go there, and there's not anything amazing. There's two bizarrely weird, disconnected shows that really have nothing to do with each other. You'll just have to forgive those. I just had to do what I had to do in those two situations. If you go there, you'll see what they are. But they have nothing to do with what would be going on forward because I'm going to, or was going to, I guess. This is kind of weird now. I was going to record a welcome video and then move forward there with lives on that platform as well. But... I mean, please, if you're interested in connecting with me, that's another way to do it. But I have some exciting news. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are very, very close to the 200th episode. Like, knock, knock, knocking on the door. This is episode 196. So that means 197, 98, 99, 200. We're like four-ish shows away, four shows. That's look at my math skills. And with 200 knocking on the door, with us knocking on the door to the 200th episode, there are some amazing things just right around the bend. We can almost see it. We're not fully closely there. It's, it's almost realized, but not fully. And so... If you want to check out the YouTube account, do so. But we're going to be doing some changes with that and with some other things coming up in the future. I really can't talk about most of them right now. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But you will want to stay tuned both to the end of all of these episodes, because I'm going to be talking about specific parts of it throughout the episodes. This episode, next episode, 198, 199, and 200. So we're going to be talking about them throughout the episode a little bit, giving clues away. I'm also going to be giving clues away on the lives and throughout my posts on Facebook, social media, but all I can say right now is it's going to be exciting. You guys are going to love it. I'm already way in love with what I'm seeing, what I'm hearing, and what the changes are going to mean. 
The only thing that I can say right now, the only little clue that I can give you is to simply say, if someone ever asks you, do you bop? You better tell them, yes, yes, I bop. Bop, B-O-P. You don't want to not bop. Matter of fact, you need to just start considering yourself a bopper. That's right, a bopper. Bopping is cool. You want to bop. I bop, and I'm asking you to bop. Be a bopper. And if you want to know more about that, you're going to have to hang with me here on the audio podcasts as well as on the lives and my other content there on Facebook. So we'll be talking about that more in future episodes. It's going to be exciting. So let's get into this episode because nothing, even that, is not as exciting as what we're going to be talking about in this episode. So, did I do that whole advert, share the show with everyone you know? You can find me on perception.fireside.fm. Look at me up on Facebook. I was going to talk to you about the YouTube. I don't know if I did or not, but you know all of it anyways. Just do it. We'll pretend I did it, and I will have to cringe when I go back and listen to it at the end. Whatever. Uh, share the show with everyone you know. Perception is reality. Perception re- is reality with Christopher H. Bilbury. The home link is perception.fireside.fm. Check me out on Facebook. And if you want to check out the YouTube, you can. If you don't want to, you don't have to. But remember, no matter what you do, you're definitely a bopper. Okay, you've got it. So, moving back into this episode. <clears throat> I want to talk to you about what we're currently dealing with here in our times, the midterm election. We're close to the midterm election being over, honestly. I'm recording this in the end days of October, so we only have a few short more days before Tuesday... November 8th, 2022. And I'm... I've noticed something. You know, in the last couple episodes, I talked about being kind of sick and sad and depressed of how things are going and and not really enjoying what's happening politically. And then it, it kind of sprung to life and I realized maybe it's not me that is messed up. Maybe it's everyone else. And, you know, for the last little bit, I've had the idea of doing this episode in mind because I had heard about this folly ado. I knew about the phrase, I went to school for psychology, studied psychology at Wall State, and I'm a nerd for all of that stuff, like politics and like a lot of other things. So I had heard about folly ado or shared madness in the past, but I hadn't really thought about it or done anything with it in a very long time. And when I heard this story, 
I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then I got to thinking about it, and I got to thinking about other things related to it. And the light bulb came on, and I was like, wait a minute, that's what's going on politically, I think. So basically, I'm going to cut the very long story down to a short snack size story for this episode. I talked about this in one of my lives a couple weeks ago. But essentially, there was a situation where a mother had told her daughter when she was a little girl that they needed to leave their home. They left the father and they went all the way across the country. This was in Canada. And basically, they were on the run from the father, essentially. I, I don't know really what was told there. But they would get someplace. They would settle down. The girl apparently never asked any questions. I don't know really what was going on. But the mother wouldn't really ever tell her anything. And they would get settled down, and she would be at a new school making new friends. And she would come home from school one day, and her mom would be like, we need to move. And they would move, and they would go to another location. And it just happened like throughout this girl's life, and it became normal, kind of. The only constant was there was this one man that would come around to check on the mother periodically, and the girl would see him, and I think the mom said it was like a a priest or something like this. And so they lived this very weird, almost nomadic life where no place was ever really home. Well, the girl grows up. She goes off to college. She becomes a journalist. One day the mother calls her and says, hey, come meet me at a hotel I'm ready to tell you what's been going on all of our lives. So the daughter goes over there, and the mom's like, take off all your jewelry, leave everything in the car. I don't want you to bring anything in with you. And when the daughter does this and complies, and she's thinking, like, what is this about? She goes inside, and she sees the man who she had periodically seen, even though they had went on this adventure, you know, where they moved through all throughout the childhood, like like bizarrely. And she said, okay, what I'm going to tell you is very hard to hear, but I, I want you to know that, you know, I love you and, and this is the truth. And she basically said, your dad was a mobster. He was in the mafia. And we had to leave him. They'd put a hit out on me and you weren't safe because of that. And the preacher here, or the priest, or whatever he is, he was also not safe. And he and I are lovers, and that's why we needed to move. We are in this form of witness protection called, and this is all true, the quote-unquote weird world. It's where you're not exactly in witness protection where they take you and they move you into a home and you get new identities. You always have your old identity, but basically what happens is they just tell you to move. They put agents on you that you never know are there, but they are always around. And they let you live your life normally as long as you move when they tell you to move. And so the daughter's listening to this and she just took it all in. You know, I would have been like, what the hell? You know, whatever. So the daughter, like, accepts this, I guess, and she leaves. And the the mom said, basically, now that you're an adult, you two are in the weird world, 
and your agents are always going to be around you. They've always been around you, and you are always going to be protected because they are near, and if something is wrong, they will call me, and I'll tell you if you have to move. And the daughter's like, okay, so she goes home. The daughter was smart. You know, she must have been, uh, you know, really good at journalism. She must have been an, an investigative journalist. Because she picks up the phone and she calls her mom and she's like, Hey mom, I think they found me. The bad guys found me. The mafia found me. Because when I got home, they had broken into my apartment and they had ransacked the apartment. What do I do? I want to call the police. And the mom's like, no, no, we don't call the police. Let me call, you know, whoever the priest was and I'll tell him and we'll see what we need to do. We'll reach out to the agents in the weird world. And so... The mom hangs up, and she calls back a few minutes later, and she was like, okay, uh, you don't have to worry. You don't have to call the police. Everything's good. Because even though your apartment might have been ransacked, the agents that were sitting on your house, they got the two guys that did it, and they arrested them right as they were coming out, and they've been dealt with, so you're safe. Just put everything back and continue living. And the, the, the girl was like, what? Mom, I lied. I made all of that up. That didn't happen. What are you talking about? So then it came out that the daughter was pulling a prank on her to see kind of like what happened because she didn't buy it. It turns out, bizarrely, that the man that was the priest had this kind of psychosis in which every aspect of his life was normal Meaning he could get up, he could hold a job, he wasn't a crazy drug addict, he didn't try to kill people. He lived a normal life and you would think he's normal. However, he has one specific thing that he believes is true and it can be life-altering. And no matter what you do to prove that it's not true, he will never buy into that. And so his psychosis was... He believed that the mob was after him and that he was being kept safe by moving so often. And when he met this woman, he fell in love with her because he was a normal human being. They started spending time together. And when all of a sudden he got the urge that he needed to move, he told this woman... The woman bought into it, and essentially he passed his psychosis off to her because of them doing it so long, it became part of her reality. And so she too could also live a normal life, hold a job, do all of these things, but every so often they would get the urge, you know, whatever, every so often they would get this urge that they needed to move, and they would do all of this. And so this is very crazy, and you guys are probably thinking, like, what the hell does this have to do with anything? But this is a real-life true story. The daughter wrote a book about all of this, and you can actually get the book and read it. It's called Run, Hide, Repeat, and it's by Pauline Dakin. Uh, it's really a truly an interesting story. But hearing this, you know, I just thought, how crazy, how crazy is it that you could be normal, 
the brain is so amazing. You know, how crazy is it that you can be normal and live a normal life and have some kind of belief so off the wall nuts and not know that it's crazy sounding, you know? I know using the word crazy is not good. But then I started thinking about all of these people that I talk to all of the time. People who call me, people who text me, people who I run out, run into out in public. Hell, maybe you. People who listen to the show, text me, email me, message me, I see out in public, whatever. And they tell me how fed up they are with everything that's going on. They're fed up with what's going on on the federal level. They're fed up with what's going on in the state house. They're fed up with what's going on at the local level. That they do not like what's happening in politics, in government. And they are ready for a change. They just want to throw the bastards out. Bastards, bastards. They want to throw the bastards out. They want to make America great again. Or make politics okay and peaceful and polite again. Or they want to have a civilized world. Or they want to do this or do that. But yet... Every year, election time comes, and they don't pay attention to who the candidates are. They might know a couple names, but they don't know all of them. They really don't know what, what they offer. They've not really heard from these people. Maybe they've picked up a mailer or two. And they go in to the election booth, and they vote for the same old, same old people because they've got an R or a D behind their name because they've been there forever, because that's who they were told to vote for. Or worse yet, they don't go vote at all. They're just like, it doesn't matter. And so, <laughs> essentially what happens is, these people who live normal lives are capable of living and having a job and eating and drinking and breathing and sleeping and having family and being fun or being mean or being evil or being sexy or, or, or being ugly or whatever it is that being a human is, they're normal in every aspect of life except they think that continuing to do what they have been doing each and every election, continuing to do that, by that I mean either continuing to do nothing or allowing the same people and the same ideas to permeate their brains and be like, yeah, I want to pick this person that keeps doing the same thing to me. They make that vote. They make that choice. They cast that vote. Then they walk out of the election room and they're like, man, I really hope this election come, comes out the way I want it. I really hope good things happen. I'm tired of the way things have been. And <laughs> they do all of that. They say all of that. And then they go in and they, they do the same thing or they don't do anything at all. But then instantly they're back to that person who 
hates everything how it is, bitches about it, and wants it to be different. And I'm like, what in the hell is this? That shared madness? Or I guess more like mass hysteria? Or what? It sounds like the shoe fits to me. All right, we're going to be getting more involved with all of this and jumping into this in a little bit more detail. But first, we have to take a quick break and get some sponsors out of the way. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to this 196th episode of Perception is Reality. I'm your host, Christopher H. Bilbrey. We'll be right back. What can give you a competitive edge in today's red-hot housing market? Rocket can. That's because Rocket Mortgage can give you a verified approval. It could help your offer stand out. Rocket technology provides a rock-solid verification of your income, assets, and credit, giving sellers greater confidence in you. Go to rocketmortgage.com or call us today at 8338-ROCKET. A verified approval is based on an underwriter's analysis of your individual financial information, appraisal, and title report. Call for cost information and conditions equal housing under license in all 50 states and MLS consumer access.org number 3030. Ladies and gentlemen, this episode is brought to you by the National Concealed Carry Association. Check them out out at the National Concealed Carry Association.com. The National Concealed Carry Association exists to serve the Second Amendment community by providing a nationwide network of 2A advocates offering elite self-defense and concealed carry training from the nation's top instructors and providing rock-bottom prices on the best selection of gear and accessories. Check them out at National Concealed Carry Association.com. Do not delay. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Back to work we go. Episode 196, Perception is Reality. Folly ado, which means shared madness. Or maybe we'll just stop talking about that and talking more about mass hysteria. Or the voting public. You know, I, it, it all fits to me. Uh, I, a couple nights ago, I was doing a live commentary show. And I was talking about Congressman Greg Pence. For those of you that don't know Greg Pence, he's the brother of Mike Pence. I bet you didn't know that. Well, anyways, I don't like calling him Greg Pence, so I think I'll just start calling him Mike Pence's brother or Pee Wee Herman. They both fit. Anyways, Mike Pence's brother is a nasty, nasty person uh, as far as a... As far as a candidate is concerned, as far as an elected official, he's just despicable, okay? Uh, I don't have to tell you what my beliefs are, where I fall, what I used to think, what I think now. You all know. If you're new to the show, you'll have to listen to a couple other episodes to try to pick that up, I guess. I'm conservative. No, I'll tell you. Uh, I'm conservative in belief. I'm libertarian, apparently, now in party because I left the Republicans because the Republicans have been disgusting as of late. Not all of them, but a good chunk of them, specifically in my fine state of Indiana. Greg Pence is one of those disgusting, reprehensible Republicans that feels like he does not need to speak to the public at large, that because of his war chest, his money, and because his brother was Mike Pence, the vice president, 
that he will get elected and he will be able to remain in office for as long as he wants to without putting himself in front of the voting public. And do you know what's going to happen? The voting public is going to elect him each and every time. Now, if that isn't some kind of shared madness or mass hysteria, I don't know what is. I really, I really will be honest with you. Because he's not done anything good. He's not some political dynamo. He's not like some amazing mastermind, politically speaking. I can't tell you anything good or bad about him. Just, he's blah. He's done a lot of crazy things that I've not really liked. He's not done anything amazingly bad, but he's not done anything amazingly good. And I I couldn't tell you what he sounds like, honestly. I've only heard him speak just a small, small handful of times. And I even stood right next to him and talked to him for some length of time at the NRA convention in Indianapolis in April of 2019. I've got a picture with him and everything. And I still couldn't tell you what he thinks, what he sounds like. I couldn't tell you what his values are, other than knowing he's a conservative Republican. But, like, honestly, what are you doing for Hoosiers? What's your plan, Stan? You know, and someone on the live video messaged and and typed in there and said, he thinks he's untouchable. And I had to write back and say, no, he doesn't think that he's untouchable. He is untouchable. Now, I don't believe that. I don't mean like, hey, you know, you can't approach him. No one can approach him. He's going to win. He's good. I think he's pure trash. I think it's pure trash how he does his campaign. And what kills me is so many of the state and then local Republicans all throughout the state of Indiana have witnessed his form of campaign style. They call it the submarine style campaigning where he goes down under and he won't talk to anybody, no media, no constituents, no opponents. And then he pops back up over here and he's at this really controlled Republican event and he will give a little speech and he'll shake like five hands and tell everybody they're doing great and then he'll go back down underwater in the submarine and he doesn't campaign and he doesn't give us his platform and he he gives out uh, junk mail mailers telling us how wonderful he is and how horrible his opponents are and he's got TV ads and radio ads and newspaper ads because he's just got millions and millions of dollars, but then he's just nowhere to be seen. He doesn't go knocking on doors. He's not canvassing. Maybe he hires people to do that, but he's not out doing it. He's not burning through a pair of shoes during an election. He's not knocking on doors. I mean, he might go knock on the door of the party chairperson for whatever county he's in, And it might be completely made up for a photo op. But he's not out beating the pavement, knocking on doors 
like candidates do, you know, and let's be honest, it's not like he's running for president. He, he, he has a whole series of counties in his district, but throughout the election, it wouldn't be hard for him to hit areas in that county. But all he does is go under, stay away from any questions, and only pop up in areas where he knows it's absolutely controlled. Okay? And so I was talking to this lady, and she was like, he, he thinks that he's untouchable. And I said, no, he doesn't think. He knows he is. He is untouchable. He will not be beat until he doesn't want to be whatever he doesn't want to be because, and I'll say it's not even the money, over the money, because money's nothing. It's the public. It's this, this thing that goes on. When you can't poll people and find somebody that votes for Greg Pence, but yet it seems like when everybody goes into the election polling booth, that's the very first name they go to, Greg Pence. You know, I voted for him. Woohoo! But then everybody comes out and they bitch about him. So, like, I don't know what's going on there. It's, it's like nobody likes his style. No one likes what he's doing or not doing. Everybody bitches about it, but then everybody goes in and gives him another two years. And it's not just him. Now the state Republicans are picking up on this, and the local candidates are picking up on this. We're in this midterm election, and everybody's losing their mind about what this election means for you know, our area, the state, the country, the world. But yet we have whole teams of candidates running for various districts throughout Indiana as state representatives, various state Senate districts that are simply saying, we're not going to show up and debate because we don't want to be ambushed by the media we don't want to be ambushed by the partisan Democrats. We don't want to be ambushed by actual questions. And I'm like, so, all right, okay. You want a job being an elected official, say on council, for four years. Or you want to be the state senator going down to the state house from this district for four years, or you want to be the state representative and you want to go through the election process every two years. You want to disappoint us twice as often as everybody else. You want to do all of this and you want to be in office representing everybody, but for the four months of the campaign, you don't want to talk to everybody. You only want to talk to the people that look like you, the people that have the same letter behind their name that you do, and only when you know that they're not the evil kind of Republicans, not the bad Republicans that really want actual constitutional conservative values and principles, but they, you want your kind of Republican that's all part of the same team that doesn't ever say anything negative, doesn't ever ask questions, doesn't ever want anyone to debate. You know, you want to make sure that you're only around those people. How can that 
person say they can govern gov- govern appropriately for their period in office because they're not going to have it that easy when they're in office whether it be local mayor city council county council county commissioner county auditor whatever or state senator or state representative or United States Senator, United States Representative, how or, or President of the United States, how can you be any of those positions for the period of time that you would be in those positions representing the whole of everybody if you can't talk to a room full of a mixture of everybody on the campaign trail? But this is not even about them. I don't care about the broken elected officials, the gross elected officials, or the candidates. It's not about them, the wannabes. It's about us. It's about those of us that are saying we want something different. But, well, I, I, I can't vote for a Democrat I it, I don't like J.D. Prescott, but I, I'd rather vote for J.D. than a Democrat. Well, let's be clear here, all right? Indiana already has a super quadruple duper-de-duper majority of Republicans at the state house. okay? There's like 39 Republicans to the 11 Democrats in the Indiana State Senate. As far as Indiana's state representatives are concerned, there's a whopping 71 Republicans to the minuscule 29 Democrats. And you're telling me that you won't risk it for the biscuit on a state representative candidate that only holds a two-year office between having to run for re-election? You won't risk it on one Democrat so that we don't send just one more mouth-breathing, knuckle-dragging Republican down to Todd Houston and the rest of the Republican leadership at the State House, You won't do that? I just don't understand it. Like, why? What is going to happen if we say, mm, no, this time we're not going to send J.D. Prescott back to the Republicans. Instead, we're going to risk it on electing this Democratic uh, rock. This rock's been in my grandparents' front yard for 58 years, and it's not really done anything. And I know it's a Democrat, but we're going to send this down to the state house because even though it's a Democrat, and even though it's a rock, it's better than sending J.D. back down there to not do what he said he was going to do to just be a yes man to a bunch of people that call themselves members of the party that we used to like and support and be a part of, but they sure don't act that way anymore. Look, if I'm going to be screwed, I want it to be from somebody that I like expect to not be on my side. I don't want it to come from friendly fire. You know what I mean? And that's what's going on. Like, the Republicans aren't even the Republicans anymore. Hell, half of the Democrats running for office are more constitutionally minded and are more, quote-unquote, conservative 
than what I'm hearing even from the controlled messaging of the Republican Party. It's, it's really crazy. It's, it's nuts. You know, uh, in J.D.'s race, there is a Democrat running, John Bartlett. And, I, I mean, look, John's a nice guy. I've talked to John. John's actually going to be on one of my upcoming lives soon on Facebook. So if you listen to this and you haven't, seen John on one of my lives and you're interested in hearing from John before you vote on November 8th, then please, by all means, be watching for that. Hopefully, we'll have him on here uh, in the next real soon. But, I, like, look, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna fib to you. He's not my first choice. To elect, we're definitely not on the same side of things. He's definitely more liberal than what I prefer. And we don't agree on a lot of things, but we do agree on some things. And we definitely agree that we need something different than what we currently have. Now, look, I don't know that I would say, okay, I'm going to elect all Democrats, and we're going to completely rip everything out of the hands of the Republicans. But you know what I would like it to be? I would like it to be a little closer than the lopsided, super-duper majority that they have, because when it's like that, it's not good for anybody. It's not good for anyone. I would much rather have it neck and neck because then I feel like the elected officials that are down there and the candidates that are running to be sent down there, they're more honest. They're more earnest. They're, they're doing what they can to earn our vote and they feel like talking to every single person matters. And, and it does. It always does. But more so when everything is on the line, when it's neck and neck. When they have a supermajority for as long as they have had a supermajority, it tends to make them take us for granted. Now, I've got a problem with that because I'm their boss. You're their boss. We are their bosses. And I don't like for my employees to take me for granted. And so when that happens, I want to punish them. I want to fire them. I want to make them not my employees any longer. But yet we have people who say, I hate JD. I don't want JD to be the elected official anymore. But since Brittany didn't make it through the primary, just barely... She will be an elected official sooner rather than later. I promise you. But because JD was able to beat her in the primary, and the choice is JD or Democrat John Bartlett, I don't like JD, but I'm going to vote for him. I'm like, what? Like, I, I don't even... I cannot comprehend 
how or why that would even be a thing. Did you not hear the numbers that I said? Did you not hear the numbers that I said? The supermajority is made up of 71 Republicans that are Indiana state representatives. 71. J.D. is like that 71st one, okay? So, if after this election, John Bartlett would win in District 33 in Indiana, this would now be 70 to 30. Oh my God! It's not like the Democrats would have a revolt and would be running everybody out with pitchforks and fire. They would have one more freaking person down there. All right, so let's, you know, let's make it a little bit more fair here. You know, like, honestly, out of the 100 Indiana state representatives... I feel like I could really dig 54 of them being Republicans and 46 of them being Democrats. If we had 54 Republicans in the Indiana state representatives and we had 46 Democrats, it would be so much better in my opinion, because everybody would be more honest in what they were doing, what their platform was, and it wouldn't be so chaotic. But in order to do that, people say, oh, we need candidates, we need better candidates. No, we need better citizens. We need better people voting. We need people to vote. People need to show up and do what they need to do. We need to stop turning out 19%. I do not understand why in America, in cities, in towns, in counties, in states, in the country, our voter turnout is so freaking low. It kills me. That's part of this mass hysteria. Mass hysteria. Mass hysteria. People know... People know that things are wrong. People knows it. Everyone knows there's a problem. But nobody wants to step up to do anything. I don't know if everybody thinks someone else is going to do it. But ladies and gentlemen, nobody else is going to do it. We have to be the ones to do it. No one is coming to save us. Certainly, certainly not the government. So we have to quit being crazy. We have to quit being hysterical. We have to quit sharing the same madness. And we need to be able to walk into the polling place and vote the same way that we feel the rest of the year. The rest of the term. We are all so disappointed, but yet people's like, well... We need a red wave because Biden sucks. Look, I'm, first of all, I'm not talking about national government. I'm talking about what's happening here in the state. Maybe it's happening in your state. Maybe it's different. Maybe it's a Democrat thing and you need more Republicans. I don't know. Only you know what's going on in your neck of the woods. But here in Indiana, 
man, on the on the national scene, it's a little bit different. But the th- the same thing goes when you have shitty candidates and you have shitty elected officials, and they're all running to be shitty together, and we all know they're shitty, but yet we just continue to allow it to happen. There's more of us than there are them. How do they have us so screwed up in the head? So screwed up that we do one of two things. We do exactly what they want us to do, or we just don't do anything at all. They're fine either way it goes. It's us that are suffering. It's all of us that are suffering. You know, back in the Middle Ages, this mass hysteria was a really big thing. They had what was called like dancing manias. Have you ever heard about this? This is when somebody would start dancing or singing and they would say like they didn't understand why they were dancing or singing. They would be dancing and 24 minutes later, 28 minutes later, 38 minutes later, two hours later, three hours later, seven hours later, nine hours later, 18 hours later... Four days later, they're still dancing. They would be dancing to the point where they were hurting their bodies. They would be bleeding from the the movement, or they would be exhausted. They wouldn't have been eating in like several days. They wouldn't have slept in several days. And what would happen is others would see this, and they would begin dancing as well. And so you would get these situations where you would have... All of these people in this town or this village would be dancing, these whole big groups of people, or they would be singing and singing and dancing. And they had all sorts of different reasons why this happened. It was, you know, someone got bit by a spider. They were all bit by spiders or some kind of nonsense. They, they even blamed it on tarantula. I don't think tarantula can bite people, or if they do, they're not poisonous. I really don't know what the deal is. I'm not a spider fan myself, so... Hey, I get it, but I think if I'm not going to be dancing if a spider's near me, whatever. But I don't think it was that. I think it's mass hysteria is basically what happened. And so all of these people would see this and they would know it's not good. Like people actually died from this. They wouldn't be eating or they wouldn't be taking care of themselves and they would just be doing this and, you know, they would have heart issues or whatever and they would actually die from this. And it sounds crazy. But God, it's no crazier than. Having the power to do something about a situation that you don't like. Having the power to do something and just not doing it, choosing not to do it, not getting informed, not getting involved, not getting educated, and not going to vote to make a difference. Like, that's the crazy of crazy. Or, or, is the crazy of crazy... Being educated, being involved, being informed, and going to vote for the same old, same old nonsense just because of the shape uh, of the letter (laughs) that was behind their name or in front of their name. Like, that's really crazy. This person has an R in front of their name, an R behind their name. I think I'm going to vote for this person. 
It's just as insane as when I was told as a little kid that sometimes people would go in and, like, women would only vote for the women on the, on the ballot. Men would only vote for the men. Some people vote for people who's on the top half. Some people vote for people who's on the bottom half. All of these different ways in which people pick candidates... Even from a young age, I was like, what? That doesn't make sense. That's not the best person winning. Not by a long shot. It's picking who you want to vote or support or whatever by some completely random, made-up, arbitrary bullshit, and it seems insane. It sure did to me when I was a little kid. It certainly does now, and nothing's changed. People still do that, and it just absolutely floors me. I think the biggest thing that shocks me is people actually don't know that you can leave races blank. I have literally walked in to vote before and had like 13, 14, 15, 20 races on a ballot and I've cast votes in like three of the races and left everything else blank. Now, look, I am normally very educated on everybody up and down my ballot. But if there's a time when I don't know somebody or I don't know everything or I don't support any person, I just leave it blank. It's called a no-confidence vote. You can simply not vote for anybody. If you don't like both candidates running for sheriff, you don't have to pick the lesser of two evils. You can give a no-confidence vote. So what happens is, if they have a 100 people go in to vote, and you're the 100th person that got the ballot, but you don't vote, they'll only have 99 votes as it splits up in that race. So they will know, ah, somebody didn't vote. And what that does is, that lets the winner know hey, there's a person out there that didn't vote for me, but they didn't vote for my opponent. That's a no-confidence vote. And I didn't know people didn't know that. Like, that's crazy. So this is a PSA. You can go in and vote for the people that you want to vote for. You can also leave races blank. And if you go in and there's only one person running, like, for example, in Delaware County, Indiana, we have a commissioner that's running for re-election, Shannon Henry. He's a Republican. There is no Democrat or Libertarian candidate, no independent. He's the only person running in that race. So as long as he votes for himself, he wins. When I go in to vote, I am not going to vote for him. Because I want them to count my ballot without a vote in that spot and know that I gave him a no-confidence vote. So you certainly can do that. You should not vote straight ticket. If you want to vote for all of the Republicans or all of the Democrats or all of the Libertarians, you can do that. But you should go page by page by page selecting all of them on that page. Because if you go in to a ballot and you hit the select straight party Republican, select straight party Democrat, select straight party Libertarian, 
and then you turn your vote in, there will be some races that you did not vote for. Any race in which there's an at-large seat where you have three Democrats and three Republicans or whatever number, six or less, but the the top three vote-getters win, those races are not counted in straight-party votes. So they are left blank if you don't go in there and pick them. So I always tell people, do not vote straight party. You can go in and vote for all the Republicans if you like, or all the Democrats, or all the Libertarians. I don't think that's right, because that's just voting for a party over the person, and that is a stupid way to vote. But if you want to do it, do it. But go in there and manually do that, or you will miss things, I guarantee it. So you can do that. You can go in and leave things blank, or whatever. You can do whatever you want with that ballot. But just to vote arbitrarily is is nuts. All right, folks, we do need to take one more quick break before we start to wind this episode down. When we return, I'm going to be talking about ways that we might be able to break out of this mass hysteria as voters, as citizens. Ways that we might be able to free others from the shared delusion, the shared madness, or the quote-unquote folly ado. And that way, we can hopefully make things better on the local level, the state level, and on the national level, because, damn it, we deserve it. You're listening to this 196th episode of Perception is Reality. I'm your host, Christopher H. Bilbrey. Sit tight. We will return after this quick break. This portion of the podcast is brought to you by Vital Farms, established in 2007. Vital Farms, where honest food is raised. Vital Farms' mission is to bring ethical food to the table. They do everything they can to improve the lives of people, animals, and the planet through food. Whether it's giving the girls year-round outdoor access, supporting family farmers, enabling you to trace your eggs back to the farm, or debunking misleading animal welfare claims, you can can always trust Vital Farms to be where honest food is raised. Their pasture-raised eggs, butter, and egg bites are delicious, ethical food that you do not have to question. Vital Farms, where honest food is raised. Check them out at vitalfarms.com today. Hey, look who it is. I didn't think I'd be seeing you here. That's awesome. How are things going? Yeah, yeah, that's pretty rad. Things are going great for me, too. Hey, let me ask you. Have you heard about this new thing that everyone's talking about? Bop? You haven't heard of it? Not at all? B-O-P, like boy, ocean, Paul, B-O-P, Bop? Wow, like you're one of the people that I certainly would have thought would have known what it is. You know, I I don't get all into the newest fads and what all's going on on TikTok and what's happening in the world and all of this cool kid stuff, but I certainly wouldn't want to be caught out without being a bopper. You definitely look like a bopper. If some of the other people that I've seen are boppers, 
then you're definitely a bopper. I bop. Everybody I know bops. You really don't know what it is? Man, well, look, I was sworn to secrecy, but I've heard if you keep listening all through the upcoming audio episodes of Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey, and you listen to the lives and look at the other content on Facebook, you should be able to get some really good clues as to what it is and what you need to do to be a bopper. It's up to you. You can say forget it and not do it, but you don't want to be one of those people. Yeah. All right, look, I'm going to get back to the party in here, but you guys have a great evening, and don't forget to figure out what you need to do to be a bopper because you don't want to be caught without being a bopper. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Perception is Reality, episode 196. Thanks for hanging out. Like, so, really, on this fully ado, or folly ado, shared madness, I'm really joking, but but honestly not. Like, this is going to be one of those things that I said back an episode ago or whenever that I'm tired of censoring myself. And so maybe it's not mass hysteria, maybe it's not shared delusion or shared craziness or whatever, but something is going on where a very large amount of us can bitch about what's happening and not like what's going on, and we hate getting all the crazy junk mail mailers from all of these people, but... We don't take the time to go to events or debates. We don't take the time to demand these candidates go to the events or the debates. We don't call our elected officials anymore. We don't write our elected officials anymore. We don't email our elected officials. We don't demand that they put the meetings on social media or that they are transparent. We let them say things like, I'm tired of this transparency crap, and then get crazy about it. We let them show their ass, and we sit around and we bitch about it, and we're like, oh my God, did you see that? But that's like the end of it. And then we expect others to go out and do the work to make it better. But then it's never better. And so, you know, I guess like it comes back to what's the definition of insanity or the, you know, cultural definition of insanity to do the same thing over and over and over again and expect a different outcome. So if we let this kind of craziness go on and we don't do anything about it, how can we expect anything to be different? If we have shitty candidates that are are out there disrespecting us to our faces, actually they're disrespecting us not to our faces. They they're they're not men or women enough to be at our faces. That's the thing. If if they were at our faces or in front of our faces, 
then we wouldn't have this problem. But they're disrespecting us by saying, hey, we don't need to be a part of the process. They're disrespecting the process, right? They're saying we don't need to be a part of what else going on with the opponents and everybody else, the elected officials and the public officials who help put these events on and the community leaders that help organize these events. We don't need to be a part of that system. But yet, then they want our vote to help make them be officials that then puts them in that same system. You see how that doesn't make sense? So we need to say, no, Mr. or Mrs. Candidate, we're not happy with how you're behaving. And while you're a candidate, you're essentially a job candidate. Let's stop saying it's a an elected official, someone wanting to be an elected official, a candidate for office, they're seeking a job. And they need our okay to get the job. They need a bunch of our okays. But let's be honest. If you piss off one of your employers, even if there's a bunch of them, even if you have a bunch of bosses... If you piss off one of the bosses, you're going to hear about it. We need to start letting them know we're not happy with them. Hell, even before they get in office, it's okay to let the candidates know they suck. It's okay to contact them. It's okay to call them, to text them, to email them. Hell, send them a snail mail if you have to. Hit them up on Facebook, on Twitter. They should be there. And if they're not, that's probably a problem, right? It's time we understand that we deserve better than being used and abused by these people. Because that's certainly what's happening. They are figuratively kicking the shit out of us Mentally, psychologically, and then they're still expecting us to vote. And like the battered spouses, we're running right into the voter booth and voting for them. We need to quit doing that. We need to help spread the word. How can we wake other people up? Bring people to the podcast. How can we wake others up? Tell others they need to be a bopper. You don't know what that is? You'll find out soon enough. But you won't want to not be a bopper, I can promise you. It might just be the only way that we get through this. Being a bopper. Listen to this broadcast and others like it. Help spread the word. Go to meetings. Things I've been saying forever. But we have to put one and one together to make two. And then we need to put another one and one together to make another two. So then we can put two and two together to make four. 
Because when we make four, then we can kick these assholes out the door. One and one makes two. Two and two makes four. And four allows us... And the only reason I said it is because it rhymed. And then I started going on down with it. And it, then it was stupid. Whatever. Four, four, kick him out the door. Whatever. But get out of the cycle of being mentally abused by these people. Being a Republican means exactly jack shit if you don't believe in the First Amendment right. If you don't believe that citizens have a right to redress the government. I don't care if you're a Republican. If you don't support the Second Amendment. If you don't support the amendments. It's not there for you to... You might not like being a gun owner and you don't want to own a gun. Great. But if you can't support the amendments, if you can't stand up for the law, you probably shouldn't be there. Hell, if you can't stand up on your own principles and morals in a room full of people that might not like you, what are you going to do once you're elected and nobody likes you? And for literally every one of you that just said, yeah, that's right, you've got to imprint that into your brain and your heart. Because then when it comes election day, in just 12 days, you need to remind yourself, I'm not going to walk in and just vote straight like I'm being told by my masters. I'm not going to vote the way that I feel like I should just to make some kind of pretty colored wave. I'm going to vote to put the best people in office. Screw the colors. Screw the names. Screw the letters. Screw the bullshit. Do what you need to do to make your world better for you and your family. And I guarantee you it will be in line with what 98% of the rest of us are doing if we're all trying to make things better rather than trying to appease some asshole master. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for us for episode 196. I hope you got something out of this episode. I hope it helps open you up a little bit and it seeps into you just a little bit by a little bit even if you're not fully on board just keep on a listening we've got more where it came from please 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 as i always say share the show with everyone you know help spread the word pass me on to even one person in your life a neighbor a brother a sister some kind of co-worker an enemy even it doesn't matter Maybe think about spreading the link to this episode, just this episode, onto one person. It can make a difference. If we want to stop what is going on, we have to take a little bit of responsibility and say, all right, I'll stand up and I'll do something. And maybe that one thing that you do right now is just to help spread the word. That's all I'm asking. Do that. Go to a meeting. Write one of your elected officials. Do something. We can do it. And I truly believe, even though it's chaos right now, everywhere, in every aspect of everything, in the words of Paul McCartney, 
it's getting better all the time. And then to follow that up in the words of John Lennon, because it can't get no worse. You know, it's kind of like one, one of those things. And it might not be getting better all the time yet, but we've got to put the work in to do it. And I believe we can. But it requires us to be involved. We have to have some skin in the game. We have to have some agency about what's going on. This is your fight. No one else is fighting it for you. No one else is fighting for you. No one else is fighting for your family. You need to. The Republicans aren't. The Democrats aren't. To hell with conservatives. To hell with liberals. To hell with the whole shooting match. The whole kit and caboodle. Everything. We just got to start doing better for ourselves as human beings. Because what I'm seeing out of these elected officials and out of these wannabes, I'm not even going to call them candidates anymore, the wannabes isn't good. And they are writing and cashing checks and going straight on to the bank thinking they're going straight on into office because we are psychologically broken and tied to their nonsense, and we don't have to be. We don't have to be. You guys are fantastic. I love each and every one of you. Stay safe. Be safe. God bless all of you. I'll look forward to talking to you all again real soon. Until then, stay safe, stay tuned, stay true. I'm out. You've been listening to Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey. Bilbrey. Tune in, like, and subscribe at perception.fireside.fm. Hook up on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Bilbrey318 and on Twitter at PISRBilbrey. Email khbilbrey at gmail.com. Or get off your butt and call the show at 765-546-9796. Till next time, remember, perception Perception is is reality. Reality. This has been Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey, where we aim for better government through citizen involvement.